afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. Let's try and get myself in frame. There we go. Happy days. Right, let's make sure we've got the do not disturbs on. Email off. WhatsApp off. I need to concentrate. I'll be honest, always pleased to talk to you, but I'm, I don't, I'm not, not looking forward to this one. Um, in part because it's a contentious subject, which I don't usually mind, but it's more that if I were, what's the point in doing this show? What's the point in having, trying to have a relationship with you guys about me speaking my mind and chewing things over if I'm, if I'm not going to be open and honest about stuff? And this topic is something that, above all else, beyond my opinions on the matter, um, I'm just massively irritated at the response to what is something that is otherwise quite innocuous and should be unsurprising. And I'm kind of then, it's going to make me no friends, I don't think, because it doesn't necessarily matter what your opinion is on this topic. It's the reaction to it that I just think is hugely unhelpful. And so my core feelings about this end up being somewhat uh, contentious because I can't help but just call out what I see as being bad and foolish behavior especially from professionals um, and the topic, as you might have seen in the titles, is about the NHS pay call, uh, pay rise call uh, by unions, as well as then a Daily Mail article that then flared things up, as well as then the reaction to it. And so it's those three things that are relevant as distinctions, is that there's the call for a public sector health increase uh, under, under NHS, and then there's there's the... Daily Mail wrote an article and quoted the EIA, Chris Snowden from the EIA, about what has what the healthcare workers have been doing in recent times. And then there's the reaction to that that is uh, that then, although those blurred lines between those things and the story as a whole is is what we will talk about. Um, these things are contentious and they and they're deeply political. You know that's why I say not looking forward to it in a way, or you know these things are a bit hot and bothered and and there is a party line that's quite clear that i could just i could just ignore um i could ignore the topic or i could just toe the party line and and unfortunately as i proved by even questioning something as basic as whether or not ahp day has utility and that was somehow contentious and i'm a heretic for talking about that then this is not going to be one that, that some people are like but the main, the main gist, for those that haven't seen it, uh, and so as ever, I'm going to be, it's going to be me sort of giving you my take, but I definitely want yours as well. If you're tuning into this live, especially when we get into it, or if you've already got an opinion, then pop it in the comments and also let me know if you can hear and all that sort of stuff. Let's hope that this isn't one where I could do any tech issues. It looks like the network's fairly stable. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be firing up some graphics and therefore I can't see your chat. Uh, as, as as much as I would normally suppose. So do post your comments. I'm going to definitely come to them and I do want you guys involved. And if this spills over into future episodes, fine. Uh, we were going to have some guests on, but I'm just going to go solo for this, and at least as an intro. But definitely I've got, can get voices across the spectrum on this. But as a general rule, this is this, this is the story. Oh, this is funny. It does, uh, it's obscuring me. Can you see me? Um, opportunistic unions demand pre-Christmas pay rise for all burned out NHS staff, even the ones not dealing with COVID unsurprising clickbait from the daily mail okay you know it's like you look at that and um you know they've, they've got someone to someone they're quoting someone's words and uh, and clearly editorializing straight out of the gates and but this is so this is what we're dealing with this is what we're talking about okay and so there's the point that's being made uh is twofold straight out of the gates there's the act of then suggesting a, of a pay rise but then there's the claim that the reason 
that that is a delegitimate claim for a pay rise ahead of Christmas is because it's the individual members of staff in the health service that are opportunistic. Oh, sorry, the unions are being opportunistic and that the staff themselves have been otherwise idle. And that has then provoked understandable in some ways outrage because it's meant to be outrageous, right? So it's, it's, it's basic clickbait, tabloid clickbait. But the thing that, the thing that I'm saying is contentious from my end is that this article and that line of inquiry, not inquiry, is it? That line of thinking is about as basic and mainstream and politically, by the way, not a fan of it, certainly not a reader of the paper, but it's, it's completely straightforward political take. And this is not to suggest endorsement or me being a fan of said take, but it's just that what, why that's relevant is that why should that surprise anyone? It's a completely straightforward thing that whenever any section of, a pub, of the suggestion of public sector pay rises, especially at times in which this suggested economic turmoil, you think about going back especially a few years into, into recession times, et cetera, deeply contentious because you've got what's classically um, a economy-consuming thing, which is silly and short-termist to think of it that way with regards to healthcare and education politically, but fine, compared to the fact that the economy is sort of in turmoil and shrinking, then you're going to get a fairly mainstream especially right-wing take that is that we shouldn't be that we should be tightening our belt right and that they're going to make that claim anyway and so then when it's a time where perception is that the nhs has been dysfunctional for want of a better term <laughs> not through any fault of the individuals within it of course but it has then it's it's relevant to me that we can't be surprised like what on earth is the outrage even though the, the, the article is outrageous. Now, we'll come to the fact that by being outraged to it, you've just completely played into their game. But just in terms, of, in terms of echo chambers or in terms of having your finger somewhere vaguely near the pulse of the country or even your colleagues, then this is where I just think there's some deep naivety. And it's, and it's something that everyone curates their own Twitter feeds, everyone curates their own social media environment, right? So what I'm reading is something that is completely adjusted based on who I follow and, and, and work with, etc. And so there's no doubt other, other people are seeing other things. But for me, it's just been utter foaming at the mouth, frothing anger at this piece. And I'm not saying that therefore it needs to be tempered and that actually it's a reasonable piece. I'm just meaning that where on earth, what on earth has made you surprised at this narrative? It's completely a mainstream thing for people to say. Now, the bits where there's some details is where people become personally quite offended, right? It's, it's rare that you get that the, our Chartered Society of Physiotherapy or equivalent bodies get named particularly. And then there's certain things that are inferring things on individual clinicians, not by name, but I just mean like it's making inferences that people are like pushing back against, right? So I kind of, you can get it on that level, but it's that, again, like, it's the surprise that's irritating. Like in terms of what they consider the Overton window, in terms of what is politically um, within, uh, what is politically a window of which ideas are, um, I'm not describing this very well, I'm the Overton window is considered what what political themes or ranges of political opinion are considered mainstream or within acceptable discourse, and 
honestly, this this piece and uh, not not its style, but I just mean the the basic premise that you know maybe we shouldn't be giving public sector healthcare workers a pay rise right now, and and the the contributing aside being because some of them haven't been as busy as as otherwise the frontline workers have is even like i say even with full disagreement of that it's like it's a completely mainstream opinion and i'm not just saying that amongst your public and and i'm saying this not because i've got specific polling numbers on that thing but i'm just meaning like it'd be very strange to me if when you consider the public opinion more broadly about things and and, and the, the nature of, of, of people's take on economics from what we can delineate from you know general election results in recent times as well as people's political ideologies as we understand it in terms of dispositions across human beings in a particular country right but also that the the thing that that, that really sort of winds me up is that having been in healthcare for 10 years now working in the nhs for the vast majority of them only recently moving completely out of the nhs but still you know my, my wife works in the nhs will be on mat leave at the moment but you know generally speaking we're very involved and very passionate about the nhs it's just that you know if it, there's so many i know a dozen physios and ot's and sort of ahps that are also tory councillors never mind tory voters right you know there's there's, there's a range of healthcare worker within uh, that live amongst us that are at the very least right of center on various issues including economics right including public spending and, and, and things like that right so what i'm getting at is that if you perceive that this article and the points within it are so blindingly outrageous that it's actually disgusting then you're complete you're so out of touch with some of your colleagues but also the public at large not because and they're suddenly right by the way but I'm just meaning that the only way for us to get past something like this and to not succumb to daily mail clickbait is to aspire to accuracy and to make points especially ones that can be backed up by data because on this story push back on a bad story with accuracy but what I'm seeing sometimes is people suggesting that this is a narrative that I'm seeing on social media that there aren't there aren't any you can't find any people in the health service that have been otherwise less busy or inefficient or not slave to the bone at all in the last sort of six or nine months and that's a fascinating take right that's just that's just bullshit of a different flavor right that's a bullshit daily mail article and then by means of pushing back on it you just made a load of you've, you've just over you've painted with too broad a brush in the other way daily mail wants to infer that there's been loads of people sat around doing nothing and then but to, to push back against that you want to suggest that no one has and that the system's been otherwise fine and that the that redeployment has been really fairly distributed and that there aren't people that have been worked to the bone and people that have been otherwise idle not through any fault of theirs by the way but they've not despite best efforts been able to um create productivity in their role or associated to their role in such a way and i'll come to some examples of that don't get me wrong but plenty of examples of it but it's just that i can't the thing that annoys me isn't the take i haven't even got to that really have i it's just that if you're someone that, that reads this sort of stuff or or feeds into the clickbait in such a way that then your instinct is to infer that every single corner of it and every other syllable is untrue but without then saying well look at 
again, just who takes the pace off it? Who's the who's the adult that then says, well, sorry, Daily Mail, as per usual, you're full of shit for these reasons, right? This is this is the this is the data that shows that actually you've got this amount of of of, of um, NHS staff that are currently working at levels beyond their typical for the for this time of year or this is these are the ones that got redeployed into into challenging roles these are the circumstances that surround their lives and existence right now which is incredibly challenging these are the adjustments having to be made of which is the majority absolutely but then that's the thing is that just doesn't seem to be happening and you, by doing that by the way you don't legitimize their argument you completely dismantle it right piece by piece but instead what happens is and this is the thing that i'm really irritated by is that you, you then, I'm working out, right, if the party line is to infer that there's no one, no, there's no one, or there's a few edge cases, right, sort of minor anecdotes of people that have otherwise been not busy, then I'm working out who of my mates to text back calling them liars. Who, and, and these are people not saying, oh, you won't believe me, look, I'm just sat around with my feet on my desk. These are people usually getting in touch saying, I'm worried about the system because we've just not been able to create any efficiency or people aren't using us or we feel like we could do a lot more or people reaching out and saying, you know, how's, how's MSKR doing with that campaign? Because otherwise, yeah, I'm just my skill set is not being used to the best good of society. Right? These are people craving work in the NHS that are otherwise not being utilized. So I'm not saying they're sat around, but they're, they're admittedly getting in touch with me and others and saying, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit either bored or concerned or, you know, there needs to be a better way. The infrastructure hasn't been able to redeploy or the infrastructure has meant that we've not been able to try and move people into sensible, um, sensible healthcare interventions that would be best utilizing skill set, right? So they, these, are, these are people that are not, it's not through any fault of theirs that they're more idle than they would normally be, but they are. And so they exist and they're not, they're not edge cases. But they're not the majority either. And they're not, they're not failing to be stressed, by the way. They're pretty stressed often. They're having to work differently. They don't want to be necessarily working from home, trying to modify things on, on, on IT that doesn't work, etc. It's incredibly stressful. And, and they're not reveling in it. But they exist. And, and, and that to dismiss it as if they don't, is, oh, it's just so foolish tactically. And then the other side of it is, if, you, if you're just pushing back to that effect, and amplifying it and tagging the post and, and, and using the link, et cetera, then you're, you're only feeding that side of a, of a media economy that, that is it's clickbait and you've clicked it. Now, here's the hypocrisy. <laughs> Here I am <laughs> railing about it. And it's like, ah, oh, thought about it myself because speaking to John Ryan from the CSP, who's their press officer, and also speaking to Claire Sullivan, who's uh, I think she's director of sort of union affairs, et cetera. And people I really like in that, in that space, no doubt disagree with me on some of this stuff, by the way. I'm not for a second suggesting that, that, uh, that they wouldn't. And, uh, and we, we'll have them in the future as guests on this topic or otherwise. You know, one of the reasons I've been talking to them. But the reason I mentioned them is because one of the things that they really do um, feel is that ideally when that happens, if there's negative press like that, then the worst thing is for you to just succumb to it, even though they can understand why. And to some extent I can, but I think as I say, it's more that for me, I'm irritated by the surprise that some people seem to have had. But before you even get into the legitimacy of a claim for public sector pay rises, et cetera, the, the sort of boring, that is the real boring politics of it not even party political is it but it's just like political ideologically in terms of public spending which is often boring but but important is that amplifying noise like that that you don't like unless you're going to 
take a scalpel to it and dismantle it and, and even even sort of mock and ridicule it a bit but it's like finding a way to to uh to get that get that get that counter that's actually vaguely more mature than the actual piece but honestly i just feel like i've wit i've witnessed people take yeah you know, as i say a different take bullshit and take a slightly different centered bullshit and try to try to you know change the smell of it and it's just like just uh, just irritate. I find it really irritating, and I know that that's contentious. I don't know. I don't know how contentious. But as I say, what's pointing me having this show if I'm not going to be honest with my opinion? So for those that haven't seen, and as I say, like uh, it frustrates me a bit because I do accept some hypocrisy of me saying like let it let it pass or whatever. It's not really my point. That horse has bolted. This has been an outrage thing. It's not me. I don't think I'm stoking this up. It's more you know I'm, I, I run a, a topic show like this. Um so examples in this article right it's naming the csp of which i'm a member and then there's this this here with the the institute of economic affairs suggesting piggy booking public support and stuff that's where it starts to get offensive for people and, and myself really where people su sort of suggesting there's some sort of cynical opportunism and and uh, but i think it's worth mentioning that it's these groups for being opportunistic they're not actually suggesting individuals but you, you know typically we as members will hear hear that as being personal also it's clumsy because they're talking about thousands of medics could leave and stuff like that and so again they're just conflating and not understanding what roles people have and also suggesting well doctors and nurses are important and they're fighting coronavirus but physios and dietitians and podiatrists aren't doing anything that could help the society at this point in time so that's annoying second thing here um Almost all NHS services were cancelled during the first lockdown in spring. Again, it's no reference given there in terms of whether it is truly most, almost, almost, you know, almost all even, you know, I don't know. Uh, there were a lot, weren't there? And it seemed to be a quite a big shutdown, but we don't know. This is why it gets offensive as well in terms of, but it does say some, but non-essential NHS workers have been left twiddling their thumbs for the better part of the year. And so the big, again, the, the sort of scoffing satire that's been occurring on social media is people saying like, oh, yeah, I've been twiddling my thumbs. I've been busiest I've been ever. And there's definitely so many people that have been. And I'm not dismissing that at all. But have there been some non-essential NHS workers left twiddling their thumbs? Yes, there has. But not through lack of their own effort. It's not their fault. But there has. And I'm not talking about just a few. And so that's, that it's, it's annoying to suggest that every single person has been otherwise productive and, and stressed out of their, beyond the minds, busy. It's just not it's not the case and then it does acknowledge some redeployment which is where it's certainly relevant isn't it but there's just a few a few excerpts that are relevant to what i'm talking about if you haven't already engaged with it now when it comes i'm going to bring the comments in now i've just noticed it's gone to 10 to i've been purposely shielding myself from them so i can say somewhere near near the point i'm trying to make but what i want to want to explain is that this isn't me leveraging a few niche anecdotes. I'm in MSK and I was vocal, especially at the start of the pandemic, about how an MSK workforce could be best leveraged and still could. I was on a webinar yesterday uh, with Trish Greenall and others talking about how we could try to potentially best mobilize the skill set of an MSK workforce. Granted, uh, that work is somewhat incomplete, and I've got plenty I could learn about what went on there in terms of was exerted influence, especially as people with um, only internal influence and not external influence. But what I'm getting at is that in my specialty of MSK, there has been some 
therapists, particularly those redeployed, particularly those redeployed into certain strategic and managerial roles that have had, it's been hell, absolute hell. And it's unbelievable what they've done for us all in terms of public service. And then there is, through no fault of their own, a number of MSK therapists that have otherwise had a far easier job in some ways, in other ways it's been challenging, but in terms of it being quieter or for, for them feeling like they're not cognitively taxed, they've had it easier. And I hear from those, usually not because they say, I can't believe my luck, I've got my feet up. They're the ones that are reaching out to me. And examples for people in my network are, I've had an, a spike in people in the summertime reaching out and saying, do you have any work that, or, that I could volunteer into for physio matters or for MSKR and things like that? Because otherwise I'm, 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 you know, I'm stuck for stuff to do and I'm not getting stimulated because I'm not seeing as many patients or is, you know, DNAs have spiked or I'm not really being utilized efficiently for rehab. I'm not having to think very hard. So they're, they're frustrated and they're not pleased at that, but they exist again, right? They're reaching out to us, worried and concerned and fast passing on that concern. And then also on a financial level, there's a really interesting stage where I've even had some friends of ours that have said, look, we've, we're very conscious of, of how stable our salary is compared to everyone else in the world. And um, that's something that, that I've even had friends that, you know, kindly have offered, offered business support saying, if you, you know, if, I know your clinics had to shut and stuff like that. You know, it's like, this is in, which is incredible. And a whole range of different experiences from people in different roles. You know, I've had uh, stories of NHS friends, friends of ours in the NHS that have just gone over and above. It, unbelievable uh, feats of, of courage, etc. And I'm not dismissing them, but it's that you can't just elevate those and not suggest there hasn't been inefficiencies in the system in which some non-essential NHS workers have been twiddling their thumbs. They bloody have. Funnily enough, I have a text from a mate of mine from three months ago, and he actually uses that expression. I'm twiddling my thumbs here. Have you got any podcasts that need editing or something I could do to try and help with social media? So just bored and wanting to try and engage with online education or, you know, just asking if we had any sort of work you could volunteer in because his NHS job's just gone dead quiet. No fault of his. Doesn't mean that his existence doesn't invalidate the claim for an NHS pay rise, does it? But to not speak honestly and accurately and maturely about it, then it's just just feels really silly and I think a, a symptom of the echo chamber. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm majorly concerned about stuff like this. It just feels really, really weird. Um, so let's have a look at these comments then. Um, Andrew Saunders. Oh, I think it's the Andrew Saunders. Friend of mine from IPOPS. What a wonderful man he is. Absolute phenomenon of a physio as well. Um, lovely man. I miss him very much and working with him. So I hope it is this, that Andrew Saunders. If it's a random Andrew Saunders, then I uh, <laughs> I've just, you know, I love you too, man. Um, he says, loving this, Jack, you reminded me of Jonathan Pye in a good way. Oh, great. Uh, I hope it's in a good way. But yeah, the ranty pie. Yeah, maybe I've been a bit pie today, haven't I? Anna Thompson. Oh, music to my ears, Anna. Thank you so much for this comment. This is exactly what I'm on about, although many would argue that this is more bluster than facts from me today. But great points. Less bluster, more facts on both sides. Absolutely. Katie Napton. Uh, Katie said, awful cheap journalism, but a tricky time for all, so we'll get attention. Yes, oh, unfortunately, they succumbed to, you know, we, we've all succumbed to the, to the clickbait. She says, there is so much of this out there, I'm afraid, and pretty horrendous. Yeah, and I don't know which bit she means, but <laughs> generally, all the things I've talked about, there's plenty of it out there, for sure. Um, but especially if she thinks about the, um, the journalism, you know, and this is the thing that's kind of hard, really, is like, 
maybe people feel um, feel the accusation. Uh, an accusation I might face is that that I'm I'm providing some cover for the actual arguments that are in there, particularly from the IEA or whatever they're called, and um, and I'm not doing. Um, and it also, you know, if, if I'm your if I'm your bogeyman right winger, then you're in some trouble. <laughs> if, you know, if I'm if I'm the if I'm that guy uh, from supposedly from from another side of a of a spectrum, then your echo chambers your echo chambers deeper and 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 uh, more echoey than you could ever imagine if if I'm that guy. But generally speaking, I'm I'm uh, I've, I've my key concern is certainly over the fact that there does seem to be a general surprise and also the uh, a sort of a sort of strange and 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 and. Our friends at Rheumatology Physio have said, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Highlights uh, a key area that people might have observed as I have, which is that, unfortunately, the loudest impact beyond the outrage is then a sense of just raw virtue signaling. Just this this sense of, like, how how dare they? And, and that it's just almost like a, a sort of fainting couch moment of, like, just unbelievable surprise that someone would dare to do that and and i can't help but think that despite the fact that there's so much that i disagree with in there i would be really concerned at the future of not just the industry healthcare physio this particular policy, you know, whether or not we get an NHS pay rise through long overdue in many ways, but, you know, just generally the timing might be relevant, whatever. I'm not even, like I said, I'm not even getting into that. We can get into the policy. I'm not bottling that, but it's not the key point of today. But if you're frustrated at this in such a way that it sort of really bowls you over, then definitely need to ask yourself seriously, how unopposed do you want or expect your politics to be? And why? Like, what if you if you think that the only reaction, including from the Daily Mail and the Institute of Economic Affairs, is going to be to wave that through, cos NHS, wave your rainbow banner? Then what world do you live in? Like, what in what way? What how lazy? And this is where I am a bit probably you know, this passionate political, right? What have we become as 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 left wing healthcare workers? Call it that. What have we become if we if, that, if that's all we've got? It's, to, it's just an expectation that it will just get waved through and that you won't face clickbait bullshit tabloid articles like that. It, it just it drives me crazy. I just think it's just a bit embarrassing, to be honest. Like, why on earth should we be taken seriously by the public? Of which, I don't know if you saw the latest um, election results. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to... You know, there's no, there's, there's plenty of public support for the NHS, but you might have noticed that you've got plenty of right of centre people live amongst us on various different issues, and they're completely legitimate points of view that need to be considered. Beyond much more legitimate, no doubt, with an opinion than this article. Don't get me wrong, but if you don't find a way to sort of speak their language and not foam at the mouth as soon as you hear something that's a completely mainstream point of view that you shouldn't be surprised to hear from the Daily Mail and the EIA, then yeah, it's beyond me. And, I, and I'm sorry if this is particularly unpopular opinion. I don't know. I don't know. Like I say, my echo chamber, unfortunately, is in completely the opposite direction to this. And I'm sorry to be the guy that's doing it. 
but you know, it's, it's as I say, what's the point of me having this show if I'm not going to speak my mind? So thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you all. And especially those after the fact might get this and might hate me for it. Get your feedback in. And especially anyone that's got any opinions that counter it or I've got have a particularly strong opinion in this direction. I'll have you on the show. Let's talk it out. Absolutely. You know, it's, a, it's something that's uncomfortable for me in a way that I've not got a guest because, you know, it's something that uh, I understand that some of these things might be want to be countered or they might well be something that I'm missing. But it's quite interesting for me to not have got stuck into it yesterday because I wasn't on the show. But uh, now that I have, and now that I've had a chance to reflect on it, I think my biggest frustration is the is the surprise. And I just think we need to we need to not be bowled over by stuff like that. Otherwise, we're never going to never gonna win the argument. All right. So love you all. I'll speak to you all tomorrow. Hopefully about something more interesting than this, but you never know. <laughs>